today on PowerPoint with Jack Graham. The world wants to seduce us. Rather than becoming more and more like Jesus, we become more and more like the world. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Christianity is not behavior modification. It is spiritual transformation. I want people to see Jesus in me. Don't you? Amen. Take your Bibles and turn to Romans chapter 12, and uh, what a great time of worship together. I, I just feel like we ought to, as the scripture to say, shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph. Shout to the Lord with a voice of praise, because our God is with us, and every battle belongs to him, and whatever you are facing in your life personally or in your family, regarding your faith, your future, this is true that God is our victor. Christ has conquered sin and death and hell and the grave, and we are living now in this incredible victory in Christ. That's what the Roman road is all about, this essential gospel uh, that we've been talking about. It's all about how we can be made right with God and live in the righteousness of Christ, growing in our faith and becoming more and more like Jesus every single day of our lives. That's what the first 11 chapters of Romans is all about. And then we turn a corner in Romans chapter 12, and the first verses of that in particular talk about how we then bring our lives unconditionally to him, fully to follow him, devoted and uh, dedicated to him, committed and consecrated uh, to the Lord our God. And Romans 12 is one of the great chapters in all of the Bible, isn't it? If you know your way around your Bible, you know Romans 12 is an incredible passage of Scripture, and I want to be a Romans 12 kind of Christian. Uh, what we read about in this great chapter and really the rest of Romans has to do with now our personal accountability and responsibility uh, to live for Christ in view of and because of what Christ has done for us. How can we help but love and serve him with all of our hearts, our minds, our soul, and our strength? The last message, uh, I called it All on the Altar, and I asked this question, is your all on the altar? Make it personal. And voluntarily, we are to bring our lives before the Lord, not only at one time, but all the time, not only part of us, but all of us. Remember the hokey pokey. It's not your left right arm in, your right arm back, your right leg in, and shake it all about, in and out of the Christian life. But we are to be all in. And we talked about being a living sacrifice and how as living sacrifices, this is a lasting sacrifice because our lives are then lived on the altar. We never leave there. I know Christ will never leave us at the altar. And he's promised always to be our love, the love of our life. Christ is first, and therefore those 
who are in our lives, we can love them well and love them better. Peter, who was a, a man's man, if, if you would, he, he was unapologetically as am I one to say, whom having not seen, we love. We look forward to the day when we see Christ first face to face and we are united with him uh, forever. But this is that lasting and living sacrifice. It is a logical sacrifice, we said, in that it is our reasonable service. Romans 12, 1 says, I beseech you, brothers, uh, or I appeal to you, therefore. This is, in effect, God praying. Think about it. God is beseeching us. God is appealing to us through the apostle Paul. We pray to God, and yet here God is appealing to us. He is, in effect, praying to us that because of the mercies of God, that you would present your bodies from head to foot, all of you, the you of you, heart, soul, body, life, as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God who is or which is your spiritual worship. And then look at verse 2, which is the content of the message today that we're calling divine direction. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by the testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. The good acceptable and perfect will of God. This is divine direction. And God has promised through and through the Bible that he will lead, <clears throat> that he will lead us. We are not left alone to figure it out by ourselves. God has a plan. God has a purpose. Even before you were born, these children, these babies, before they were born, God had a purpose and has a plan and a purpose for their lives. In the infinite heart and loving mind of God, God has a plan for every life, and that includes your life. And as a believer and follower of Jesus, he has promised to lead you throughout the days of your life. And making those decisions, God's guidance is promised. And to live in the will of God and to do the will of God is the only way to live. Your best life, your only life that is truly successful is a life given to follow the Lord. You know that your decisions determine your direction and your direction determines ultimately your destiny in life. And I'm talking, of course, about the big decisions that we make, where we go to school, who we marry, when and if we have children, job, career, calling, all of these things, these are the big ones, right? And we often are called upon to make big decisions. Some of you right now are thinking about what you need to do uh, with the next step of your life. And God has a plan and he will let you know. God's not hiding his will from you. He wants you to know his will more than you even want to know it. So if you will... Give your life unconditionally to Christ. Put your life on the altar and surrender 
your will to do the will of God, I promise you he's going to enable you and empower you to take those big steps in life. I look back on our lives, Deb and I, in our marriage, in our family, in our ministry, we have seen the Lord lead us all the way. Not one time has he failed us or taken us. We've gone on some detours. We can at times get off the path, but he always brings us back because he is what? Working all things together for the good, our steps as well as our missteps. He is working all of this together for good to those who love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. That is literally fitting into his plan or purpose uh, in our lives. But it all begins with this surrender uh, of this, this presentation of our lives to the Lord. And that's really what I'm saying now. It's the first point that I want you to ponder for just a moment. And it is that, that we make a, uh, a personal presentation of our lives to the Lord. And when we do that, then we are on our way into the will of God. The goal for a Christian is to align ourselves with the purposes and plans of God. So the heartbeat of this message is to help us all to do that, to challenge you. And I see many students here this morning. It's wonderful to see you but to challenge whether you're young or old to get in on the will of God. The will of God is not something you have to do, it's something you get to do. And I've often said God will choose for you what you will choose for yourself if you had sense enough to choose it. The living Word of God is filled with people who came face to face with God in the night seasons of their lives. For example, Jacob wrestled with God at night. Jonah ran away into the darkness from God's call. Daniel faced lions. And then you have Elijah, Nicodemus, and Peter, all who faced in night seasons failures and fears. Rocked by the storms of life, their stories are just like ours. And in your darkest hour, in the night seasons of your life, the very same God who shut the mouths of lions is also present today. In Diamonds in the Dark, I unpack these biblical truths that will keep you focused on God's saving grace through every character-building storm that comes. And I want to share this book with you today. For anyone who gives their best gift today, we'll send you a copy of this classic resource. Just call, text, or go to jackgram.org. Diamonds in the Dark will open your eyes to God's Word that illuminates your path in the darkest of nights. When you give today to help support PowerPoint, we'll send you Diamonds in the Dark, scriptural insights for comfort and encouragement. Just go to jackgram.org to give your best gift and partner with PowerPoint to reach the world for Christ. God's will is good and perfect and acceptable, always. God knows what is best for every one of our lives. So I want to challenge you to do the will of God beyond a duty but as a delight, to joyfully obey God in what he is calling us all to do, to surrender to the Lord, to seek him. And it's this will of God, this divine direction 
I was referencing some of the big things, the big choices that sum up our lives. But it's also those daily decisions. It's those choices that we make every single day of our lives. And uh, the sum total then of our character are the choices that we make in our lives and, and who we are. And God is more interested in who you are than what you do ultimately with your life. And so as we make those choices, as we decide daily to joyfully obey God and to live to please Him and to walk by faith, then we discover and do the will of God. Here's what I know over the years in walking with the Lord and seeking Him and His will for my life, that most of the time we make these decisions by faith, by faith. Often we don't understand what the big picture may be or what the ultimate outcome could be. When we make decisions, and whether it's a big one or a small one, we don't always know the end result, but we live by faith and trust in God, and this is a faith proposition. So there's, a, there's a, uh, an opportunity or there is a challenge, and you're facing that, and what do you do? What's God's will, God? What do you want me to do? And through His Word and by His Spirit, as we're going to note in just a moment, He begins to lead us, and through circumstances and choices that we make, we get to a place, but ultimately, it's a faith decision. You decide to do what God is leading you to do, and you keep bringing your best and giving your best to Jesus every single day. That's the call. That's the challenge is consecration. Verse 1, all on the altar, all about consecration, dedication, and commitment. I like what my friend and Bible teacher, Pastor John MacArthur says. He says, the key to a productive and satisfying life is not getting more, but giving our all to God. The way I like to put it is the question is not how much do you have of God because in reality, if you're a Christian, you have all of him. We have everything, according to the scripture, in Christ. So it's not getting more of God, but the question is, does God have all of me? Does God have my life? There was a great evangelist of yesteryear by the name of D.L. Moody, and he was preaching, and uh, some critical pastors, preachers could get very critical of other preachers, and some negative preacher was saying, well, you know, this Moody fellow said, does, does Moody have a monopoly on the Holy Spirit? And someone said, no, Moody doesn't have a monopoly on the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit has a monopoly on Moody. That's what I'm talking about. That we would give ourselves totally and completely to the Lord. Does the Lord have all of you? Is your all on the altar? And so that's where you start with this divine direction. It is with this full surrender of your life to the Lord. But then with this personal presentation comes a mental transformation. Transformation is the next word I want you to consider because verse 2 says, do not be conformed 
to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Remember, the Christian faith, Christianity, this is very important, is not behavior modification. It is spiritual transformation. So that you would be transformed. Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by a renewed mind, transformed minds, transformed thinking. I like the way J.B. Phillips paraphrases this in the New Testament. It says, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. The world wants to make you like itself. Even your friends want you to conform to their way of life. And it's the pattern of the world. And the world here is not the world of people that God loves, but it's the world system. It's it could be better translated, actually, this age, this present age. And we know the God of this world, Satan, presides over a world system that is anti-God and anti-Christ and opposed to the will and the work of God. So what does the world do? The world wants to con you. The world wants to confuse you, the world wants to conform you, and the world wants to cover you. That's what the word conform here actually means, to cover. It's, it's the idea of a masquerade, to cover. The world wants to cover us up, the light of Christ. The world wants to make us like itself, to masquerade us. In contrast to that, don't let the world squeeze you. Don't let the world cover you up, con you, confuse you, or conform you to fit into its own pattern and ways and principles and philosophies and values. The world has a view. The, the world, this age has a worldview, and it's not God. I'm so grateful that here in our student ministry and, and Prestonwood Christian Academy at our, our school, we have a worldview institute where we're helping our, our children to think uh, biblically and intellectually regarding the, the big issues of our time. Where are they going to hear it if they don't hear it in Christ and in his church? Right. So we are, we're making sure that we're teaching worldview. The world wants to seduce us, to squeeze us. Rather than becoming more and more like Jesus, we become more and more like the world, especially when we crawl off the altar. Remember we talked about that? And we're living off the altar as a sacrifice and we're on our own. That's when the world begins to seduce us and squeeze us and cover our light. So he says, don't do that. Stop. It's an imperative. If you want to straight up Graham paraphrase, he, he says, stop it. <laughs> stop being conformed to this world right now. And instead, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, Great word here, transformed, transformed. Uh, it, in the language of the New Testament is the word from which we get our word metamorphosis, metamorphosis. 
Now, you know what a metamorphosis is. You've had eighth grade biology, perhaps. And a metamorphosis is when uh, a caterpillar, it's a beautiful, powerful thing in nature, when a caterpillar, made by God, a caterpillar crawls into a cocoon, wraps itself in a shroud, if you will, and in effect, in this cavernous cocoon, <laughs> dies, but out of the cocoon, a metamorphosis takes place, and life is born, and a beautiful butterfly, a monarch butterfly. What happens inside the cocoon is called a a metamorphosis. All right, you got it. Very good class. So it is the fact that a caterpillar, inside the caterpillar, the caterpillar there is a butterfly getting out. The butterfly at one point was a caterpillar, but the caterpillar is born again. It is transformed into a beautiful butterfly. It's a metamorphosis that takes place. That's a transformation that takes place from the inside out. What you are on the inside then is displayed, demonstrated on the outside. It happened to Jesus. Did you know that? The same word translated here as metamorphosis or transformation is the word transfiguration. Transfiguration. And Jesus took three of his disciples, Peter, James, and John, to a high mountain, and there Jesus was metamorphosized. He was transformed. He was transfigured. It's one of the great events in the life of Jesus. Amen. The transfiguration. And Jesus, who was human, if you had seen Jesus in a crowd, you might not have picked him out. There was nothing particularly beautiful or comely about him, the prophet Isaiah said. There was nothing about the physical appearance of Jesus that would uh, have taken you back. Jesus was a man, but on the inside, he is God, he is deity. So what happened on the mount that day when Jesus was transfigurized, when the metamorphosis took place, is that everything that Jesus was on the inside is now displayed on the outside. And those disciples saw him in all of his glory. And Moses and Elijah came and stood with him. But he was shining like the sun. He was glowing. It's God. It's the man manifestation and the transformation of Christ who is both God and man. And for that brief moment on that mountaintop, top, everything on the inside was displayed on the outside, his glory. No wonder Peter said, let's just stay here. But Jesus said, no, I'm on a mission. Let's go to the valley. And down in the valley, there was a broken boy and his family that desperately needed the power of Christ and those apostles. So, Sometimes we love staying on the mountain, students. So I see some of you students today. It'd be great we could just live in freedom all day long. So experience that, but the glory of God in all of this. But God has a calling, and that is to go and finish the mission of Christ on earth. So, but this is the transformation that takes place. So you say, how does that, how does that have to do with divine direction and me knowing the will of God in my life? Here's what matters. You are 
the life of Christ. Christ lives in you as a Christian. Jesus lives in you. You are to be identified as a Christ follower, a Christian, because Christ is living in you. But what happens is if we start conforming to the world and get into the world's masquerade party, then it covers Christ. We're masking who we really are. Sometimes we make the mistake with our friends, and this is not just for students or young people, but we do it as adults. You do it perhaps on your career path. You make concessions. You make compromises in your Christian faith, and you, you cover who you really are. You're not living like Christ. You're not showing Christ. You're not lighting up like Jesus around your friends or your coworkers. Don't be conformed, but be renewed in your mind, transformed in your mind. I want people to see Jesus in me. Don't you? Amen. Now, I don't want the stuff of this world to cover my Jesus, the beauty of Jesus in me. So when you follow Jesus and begin to do his word, his lead, then this is liberating. It's liberating. Because then you are now the person God made you to be. And with this personal presentation and this mental transformation, we then begin to know and do the will of God. Our minds are renewed. We now have the mind of Christ, the scripture says. We begin to think as he thinks and live in the power of his spirit. And we have this divine direction. When with the direction, there's a dynamic. We have the ability to do it and the agility to walk with Christ and to obey him. And when we fail, when we fall, when we stumble, we get back up and we keep going. Because our minds have been changed. We don't think the way we, we don't, we now make choices between right and wrong and what is good and what is best, between truth and lies. We, we know a path is to be taken or not taken because now our mind is renewed. You know, 90% of the will of God is above the neck. Do you know that? It's the way you think. And when you are presented to the Lord fully and completely and your mind is now transformed and you're not allowing the world to cover up. So you see, the world will cover up God's path and God's will for your life, but now you can see clearly the path. The Lord our God is a sun and a shield and he gives grace and glory and no good thing will he withhold from them who walk uprightly. Now we're walking in the light. We're living in the will of God. And so the will of God in the big decisions, that's one thing, but in the daily decisions of life, it's not so much what is the will of God for my life 10 years from now, five, uh, 50 years from now, but what are you going to do in the next 15 minutes? That's the will of God. It's the daily choices and character builders in your life that then produce successful living, knowing and doing the will of God. I've always defined success in this way. Success is knowing and doing the will of God.
I want to thank you for your continued support of PowerPoint Ministries. And when you give today, I want to send you a copy of my book, Diamonds in the Dark. And this resource will help you focus on the truths of God's living word. And that even in times of darkness, you can face those fears with faith. When you call today and give your best gift, we'll send you a copy of Diamonds in the Dark. Just call, text, or go to jackgram.org.